This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube all supposedly banned COVID misinformation during the pandemic. And yet, well over a year into the crisis, the companies are still failing to moderate it. The United States Surgeon General even said that misinformation online is a public health threat, that it's partially responsible for vaccine hesitancy and outright refusal, and has led to preventable illness and death. During the COVID-19 pandemic, health misinformation has led people to resist wearing masks in high-risk settings. It's led them to turn down proven treatments and to choose not to get vaccinated. This has led to avoidable illnesses and death. Simply put, health information has cost us lives. So, with cases rising in all 50 states, the Delta variant quickly spreading, and COVID misinformation running rampant online, things appear to be getting worse. But a new bill proposed in the Senate targeting health misinformation online could change that. Recode Shireen Ghaffari is here to explain. Hey, Shireen. Hey, Adam. So, Shireen, what is the Health Misinformation Act? So the Health Misinformation Act is a bill sponsored by Senator Amy Klobuchar and co-sponsored by Senator Ben Ray Lujan. And what it would do is create an exception to the landmark internet law called Section 230. That law has always shielded tech companies like Facebook, Google, Twitter from being sued over almost any of the content that people post on their sites. And what this bill would do was it would change that, remove that protection, and allow companies to be sued by their users, but only when a social media's platform algorithm promotes health misinformation related to a, quote, existing public health emergency. So the law wouldn't apply in cases where something like Facebook shows people posts using a neutral mechanism, like a social media feed that ranks posts chronologically rather than algorithmically. All right. In other words, it doesn't make health misinformation on platforms like Facebook, Google, and Twitter totally illegal. It's only in specific circumstances like existing public health emergencies. And it's only when the companies are sorting information algorithmically, which I have to presume means that uh, misinformation could spread more rampantly than it would in like a chronological feed. Is that all right? That's right. So the bill basically says, In this special case of public health misinformation during a public health emergency, and if the companies are elevating certain content over others, if they are promoting this post in their feeds, then this law could apply and they could be held legally liable. It sort of sounds like an online version of yelling fire in a crowded theater. That's the argument here. The timing of this bill seems important. Cases are starting to rise again. Big tech has critics on both sides. Do you think this matters? Absolutely. I think that it's a very volatile time right now online with misinformation about COVID-19, especially because the U.S. is facing this huge hurdle trying to get a majority of people vaccinated. And there's this increasing polarization at the same time, and this perceived threat to free speech online. So while the companies like Facebook have pressure to police misinformation about COVID, they also have pressure now to be seen like they're infringing on people's rights to debate. 
Meanwhile, President Biden has accused Facebook of, quote, killing people with vaccine misinformation, a statement he later partially walked back and said, it's not Facebook killing people, but the misinformation spiders killing people on Facebook. And Senator Klobuchar has kind of been at the forefront of this, and she's on the side of pushing companies like Facebook to remove more misinformation. And so that's why I I think they need some ethics here, and they have to enforce ethics like other news organizations do. And they can't pretend it's just anything goes, because we've seen what happens. Uh, She sent a letter to Twitter and Facebook earlier this year demanding that these companies more aggressively take down content, as Recode first reported. Uh, my colleague Rebecca Highwell reported that one. And the letter cited research by a nonprofit called the Center for Countering Digital Hate, which actually found that there are 12 anti-vaccine influencers who they call the disinformation dozen that are responsible for something like 65% of anti-vaccine content on Facebook and Twitter. Does this bill actually stand any chance of passing? I think this bill is going to prove difficult to pass because it's hard for really anything to pass in Congress right now because of how how much gridlock we have, but especially because there are no conservative lawmakers who have signed on to it. That being said, there is some bipartisan support for reforming 230, but I don't think that we're seeing the kind of conservative support specifically on the issue of COVID misinfo that this bill would need. Now, in addition to all that, there's also a huge kind of First Amendment issue legally with this bill. And several legal experts and free speech advocates have told me that it raises this question of, well, in this country, it's not exactly legal to say something that's wrong. So if I go out there and say something about COVID being a hoax, that's wrong, but it's not something that's illegal. So this bill doesn't fully address that. Now, um, you know, proponents of the bill have said that certain kinds of misinformation about public health could maybe be illegal if it's proving to be kind of an imminent threat. Like if I told you to go drink bleach uh, because that will cure you from COVID, that could actually cause you to die, right? So I think there, there could be a legal argument there. But overall, that will be a huge hurdle. The other hurdle is just politically, uh, it's, it's, you know, who's going to decide what misinformation is? that can be a very gray area. And this bill tasks the uh, Department of Health and Human Services with doing that. But that provides also all kinds of First Amendment issues because, again, in this country, we don't really have government dictating what is um, legally protected speech. That kind of violates the basic tenets of of First Amendment. So uh, there's political and serious legal issues, I would say, with this bill, but I think it's more of a symbolic sign than anything of how much anger there is uh, among political leaders about the kind of misinformation we're seeing on Facebook. We talked earlier about how this bill really applied to very specific circumstances. And I thought the part about algorithmically sorted feeds versus chronologically sorted feeds was interesting. It's interesting that we're seeing lawmakers become a lot more savvy about how these platforms really work, how companies like Facebook are deciding what we see every day really depends on the algorithms driving them. And this bill tries to address that and sort of penalize companies that are tipping the scales and prioritizing content that's inflammatory or wrong about COVID-19. That being said, I really think the algorithm nuance is sort of, it's interesting, but it's all irrelevant if this bill, A, does not pass and B, is not found to be legally kind of viable. And why would lawmakers... Draw that distinction. What's the difference between an algorithmic feed and a chronological feed? 
Well, I think the idea and what lawmakers have been criticizing Facebook especially for is this idea that Facebook inherently is promoting uh, misinformation because it's rewarding that kind of content. Um, and, you know, there have been some studies that suggest this. Facebook really insists otherwise. But we're seeing lawmakers get upset because they think that Facebook is sort of incentivizing people to post this kind of wrong information because it gets clicks, it gets likes, it gets shared. It provokes both anger and uh, other kinds of emotions in people to say something that's controversial rather than something that's just middle of the way. For instance, if I say the COVID vaccine makes you grow horns, then that gets a lot of reactions out of a lot of people. And that means that the post gets favored by the algorithm. Is that right? That's the idea. Now, Facebook will say that we actually are taking down a lot of misinformation about COVID, that we are trying not to prioritize this kind of content. But I think we're really seeing a public sentiment. And because of reports like that disinformation does when we talked about, we're seeing the public really question that and question Facebook's values here. And if they are prioritizing the wrong kind of content with their algorithms. And for the record, the COVID vaccine does not make you grow horns. <laughs> It does not. And all those other statements I said as examples, like COVID-19 is a hoax and you should drink bleach, those are not correct statements. But you can see how how that kind of stuff spreads online every day. It's, it's undeniable that it's out there. So all that said, a reasonable person might think, well, we should be doing more to stop the spread of misinformation online, especially with regards to the pandemic. But what are critics saying about this bill specifically? So some conservatives, uh, specifically Senator Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri, has pushed back against not specifically this bill, but I think some of the core ideas behind it. So he pushed back against the White House's work flagging problematic health misinformation to social media platforms. I think it's really scary to have the federal government of the United States, the White House, compiling lists of people, organizations, whatever, and then going to a private company that, by the way, is a monopoly, Facebook, and saying, you need to censor, you need to do something about this. You need to tell these users, these private users in a private company, what they can or cannot say. I mean, I just think that- this The White House has said they're not going and individually telling Facebook to take down this account or that, that they were citing that disinformation dozen report, which again showed that only 12 accounts are responsible for 65% of misinformation. But I think even the idea or the appearance that, again, the highest office of government is- influencing what content social media platforms leave up or take down, I think that's going to receive strong, strong pushback from conservatives especially, but, you know, many different politicians. And I think is is controversial, again, because of the history of free speech and First Amendment protections in this country and separation between government and dictating what's truth and fact. Shireen, thank you so much for joining us. This was enlightening. Thanks so much. I'm Adam Clark Estes, and this is Recode Daily. This episode was produced by Sophie Lalonde and engineered by Paul Mouncey. You can find out more about the new bill by reading Shireen's full story, which is linked in our show notes. In the meantime, tell us what you want to learn about. Email us at recodedaily at recode.net.